Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Have you caught a plane recently? If you have, you may have become one of those caught up in what seems to be an escalating number of flights being suddenly cancelled, sometimes without a lot of notice, like people are already checked in and ready to fly kind of notice. So what's going on here? Is there still not enough staff to crew all these planes after so many were laid off during the COVID shutdown? Is it because staff have to isolate because of COVID? Or is there a cost-cutting decision happening here that is also ruining our holiday trips? Today, we speak to those in the know to find out exactly why so many flights are being cancelled, leaving many high and dry. Danielle had big plans for her recent wedding anniversary. It's my 20th wedding anniversary this year and we were trying to work out where to go and my husband had a work trip suddenly come up over in Copenhagen. So I said, that's it, let's go for the week and we'll have a couple of days either side and that'll be our anniversary trip. And I was so, I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to this trip. I was so excited. But just as they were ready to go on their trip, things started to go wrong. We went to bed on the Friday night, all excited and packed and ready to go, and things started to go downhill first thing the next morning when my husband opened his email and our Singapore to Copenhagen flight had been completely cancelled. So we actually had a flight to Singapore confirmed, but nothing after that. We desperately scrambled, couldn't get onto our travel agent because it was a Saturday morning, they were closed, couldn't get onto our operating airline because they were overseas and out of hours. So we went, okay, let's just take our stuff, it's all packed, we'll go up to Brisbane Airport from the Gold Coast and we'll just get in front of somebody and see what's happening. So we travelled up there and Singapore Airlines were great. They said, yep, Mr and Mrs, we've got you here, we know the flight's been cancelled, we're working on getting you there anyway, just hang around and we'll get back to you. So half an hour later they said, okay, not a problem, we're now putting you on Qatar Airlines out of Sydney tonight, you'll go through Doha and we'll get you to Copenhagen, not a problem. So they've had some disruption, but they had a solution, so they continued on with their journey, only to find out this wasn't the end of their struggle. We wasted time around Brisbane Airport for um, the day and decided to jump on a four o'clock flight a bit later down. Got to Sydney at six o'clock that night to find out that the Qatar Airlines flight had been delayed until the next morning. We stood in line down in Sydney for three hours just to be able to talk to the customer service rep from the airlines to figure out what that would mean for us. And essentially what it would mean is that we would miss the connecting flight in Doha to Copenhagen. So we would be stuck in Doha 
Kandahar for about 17 hours without being able to leave the airport because of COVID. So we'll basically be transiting for about 17 hours in Doha without any way of getting out of the airport or anywhere to sleep or anything. And so our trip where we were supposed to land Sunday morning in Copenhagen would now mean that we weren't actually going to get there until Monday night. And we were only staying until Saturday. So (laughs) we just went, you know what? The universe is telling us that we really shouldn't be going anywhere. Just when you think things couldn't get worse for Danielle and her husband, now they were stranded in Sydney and a very unwanted companion had just joined the trip. We had to get home from Sydney to Brisbane the next day and the only flight we could get on cost us $800 just to get home from Sydney to Brisbane. By Sunday morning, I'd started feeling a little bit icky, a bit hot, a bit not happy with life and I got home and went, you know what, I think I better do a rat test and hello, not only do you not have a holiday but you now have COVID so your week can be spent in bed with your husband. (laughs) Happy anniversary. (laughs) I can laugh now. But, oh, my God, Claire, I spent the entire week just in bed sobbing. Danielle says at no stage were they offered an explanation as to why their original flight was cancelled. They were told the Qatar flight was delayed because it was late getting into Sydney and the crew didn't have enough time to rest and get back to work. At no stage were they offered any compensation for their trip disruptions, their delays in airports or the fact they couldn't get back to Brisbane without purchasing a whole new flight. There wasn't any accommodation available in Sydney. The airline wasn't offering accommodation to people who were transiting through Sydney who'd come from other cities. So basically they said, you just have to go and find your own accommodation for the night somewhere in Sydney and be back here at three o'clock in the morning because the airport, Sydney airport closes between 11 and two, I think, and no one's allowed to stay there. So I think a lot of people would have probably just chosen to sleep the night in the airport if they could, but that was not an option that they were given. So that's why there was quite a few angry people saying, well, where are we going to go. Qantas cancelled one in every 13 flights during the month of May. In June, the airline confirmed they were slashing domestic flight schedules by up to 15% through to September and 10% to March 2023, despite demand for flights remaining high. As the school holidays ramp up across the country, story after story of people having issues with the airlines have been doing the rounds including 300 passengers left stranded at Dallas Airport for 24 hours with the aircraft delayed twice, reportedly due to an engineering issue. Those impacted had to spend their day and night sleeping on the hard floor of the terminal. There are stories of rescheduled flights that no longer match connecting flights, leaving passengers in unfamiliar cities for days. There also seems to be issues with baggage. One woman who flew back to Australia from the United States with the ashes of her mother who'd recently passed away had to wait four days to be reunited with her loved one's remains after the system failed to locate the bag on arrival. It's also been difficult to get through to speak to anyone at the airlines, with wait times at the call centre blowing out to anywhere up to eight hours or more. Last week, angry Jetstar passengers were filmed arguing with check-in staff when their flight from Auckland to Melbourne was cancelled while they were lined up ready to check in. You can hear the staff members telling them to go home and make their own arrangements. Can you, can you where did the other two go? Oh, sorry. Oh, you're right. Sorry.
Attempts to fix these issues are met with recorded messages saying they're unable to take calls due to the high volume, or you're forced to sit and wait in front of a computer to speak to someone through their online chat function. At airports around the country, we've seen check-in lines snaking out the door. People say they've missed not one, but two flights due to problems getting through bag drop and security. I personally had two flights cancelled in one recent weekend trip from Sydney to Adelaide, but once we finally managed to get on a plane, the return leg that was supposed to take off at 6.25am was delayed by five and a half hours. We were told this was happening via text just minutes after boarding had opened and our bags were already trundling off on the conveyor belt. That meant, including the two hours early we'd arrived to check in, plus further delays announced during the day, I spent eight and a half hours in Adelaide Airport with a seven-year-old who was luckily equipped with an iPad and plenty of snacks. So what exactly is going on here? James Goodwin is the Chief Executive Officer of the Australian Airports Association, the national voice for Australian airports, representing the interests of more than 330 airports and aerodromes across Australia. James, what, in your opinion, is the reason it seems the aviation industry is so chaotic right now? Look, it's school holidays and it's busy. So that's really the number one issue that we've got. That isn't it great that after really two years of the disruption and the lockdowns, people are finally getting out and visiting their friends, relatives and having a holiday if they're able to. But what this is obviously meaning is there's demands on the aviation system. And as we're probably seeing throughout the rest of Australia and the economy, there are some staff shortages. So although we're having passenger numbers at almost 100% of pre-COVID levels, we've got some particular staff shortages, particularly on security screeners, baggage handlers, and then, of course, those higher absentee rates because we obviously don't want people coming to the office and working on the aircraft if they've got flu-like symptoms or if they've got COVID or a household contact. So we've got a mixture of things. So mixture of it, it is busy, but then we're also having day-to-day higher absentee rates than what we might have had pre-COVID. Can you explain to us exactly how the baggage system works? We are hearing a lot of reports of people whose baggage has not arrived at the other end or has gone missing a little bit more than what we would usually expect. Can you just tell us how it actually works? Because for us, it seems like we check it in, we tag it with a barcode so that it knows where it's going and it gets put into a container with everyone else who's on the same flight as us. Where can it go wrong? Yeah, that's right. And that's where we are seeing some of those holdups. So we have got staff shortages in that area. So that is meaning that we just don't have the same number of people to be able to do the baggage handling and the ground handling in the same sort of time frame that may have been expected pre-COVID. So mixture of just not having enough staff to get those bags on in the same sort of time. We know that there is things like slots and scheduling that need to be kept to as much as possible. And things can go wrong just because there isn't enough people there to process all of those bags at the same sort of time level and time scale as might have been expected but the airlines are doing their best to make sure that they're getting those teams up to scratch and making sure that people have a good, reliable service. James, I don't know if you can answer this question, but how much does it cost an airline to fill a plane up with fuel these days? And I understand some planes would probably have larger capacity than others, but just how expensive is it to fill up a plane with fuel at the moment? 
very expensive is the simple answer. Look, the actual cost, look, it, it does vary. And what uh, airlines try to do is you really only try to take as much fuel as you need for that particular flight. Because, you know, say if we're filling up your car, you might fill the full tank, for instance. But an airline won't do that. If they only need half the tank to be able to do that flight, then that's what they do because it's extra weight uh, that you may not need if you filled it more than you need to. So they work very lean to make sure that they are maximising the fuel usage that they get. But the aviation fuel is not dissimilar to what's happened with the fuel that you're putting in your car or SUV, that it is really almost doubled in price in the last 12 months and even the last six months. But the fuel costs are certainly having an impact on particularly those long-haul and international flights. What about as far as maintenance goes? Uh, We have seen some reports too that we're hearing of more planes had to be swapped for a reason. Something has broken on this one and has to go into maintenance. There seems to be a fair amount of that happening at the moment. Is this just a case of the airlines trying to get back on their feet after two years of downtime and maybe maintenance is a bit of an issue at the minute? Well, safety is always the top priority. So if that has been cancelled for a technical reason, it's usually very important that that aircraft doesn't fly. But what we're also seeing is really the aviation sector has lost a number of staff. 70% of the workforce were either at the height of COVID or either stood down on reduced hours or made redundant. So what we are seeing is now that we're scaling back up, but we're not back to the pre-COVID levels, is having that impact where there won't be that uh, team of engineers to be able to work on that within the same sort of time frame that they might have had pre-COVID. James, what happened to all those people who used to work in the aviation industry pre-COVID? Why is it so hard to attract them back to the jobs they did before? Yeah, most people have actually gone on to other parts of the economy. We know that this is an economy-wide challenge for Australia. We've got very, very low unemployment rates. We've got record job vacancies. And this would be records in, say, 30 or 40 years across the economy. And aviation is probably harder hit because it was harder hit by the pandemic. So we've got more positions to fill and we've not yet recovered. What can people do to make travel easier on themselves at the moment? We're already turning up two hours before a domestic flight, three hours before an international flight. That doesn't seem to help when your flight gets cancelled and rescheduled and you're put out and you end up in an airport for who knows how many hours and the airlines don't always support those passengers through that time. You're kind of left to your own devices at this time. What can people do to make it easier on themselves as they're travelling, especially during these peak times? My advice would be prepare for the worst, but hopefully you get a better outcome. So Come prepared with everything that you can do before you arrive at the airport. So if you can check in online, make sure you do that. If you've got any COVID paperwork that you need to complete, make sure you do that before beforehand. Make sure you either book taxis or transport well in advance. Look at things like car parking. We're also finding things like this that people don't want to be getting public transport. So that means that the car parks are full and the roads are full around airports. So that's also creating that challenge. Where you can take carry-on luggage, And certainly if you're travelling with children, make sure you've got everything prepared for the children and tell the staff, particularly as you're going through either the check-in process, the bag drop or the security that you're with children so that they can prepare for that and also have that longer goal in mind. The the time at the airport is hopefully only going to be the short period. Think about that holiday, think about the reason why you're actually travelling and we'll all get through it together. 
It also needs to be mentioned that those who work in baggage handling and security, for example, actually work for an overseas company and they did not get access to JobKeeper during the pandemic years. So it was much harder for them to be kept on and a lot of them left the industry to get other jobs. So plan ahead, get there early, but not too early, plan for the worst, but also expect the best. Basically, plan for everything, because we're in the middle of the perfect storm of staff shortages, increased fuel prices, operational and mechanical changes, and a dose of COVID to top it off. So while some do jet off to their happy places, warm tropical paradises or European adventures, there are some who may take some time to recover from the trauma of travel in 2022. I love everybody. It was like, that's okay, book another holiday, get yourself something to look forward to. But my husband and I just looked at each other and went, there's no way we're going to try and travel internationally again for quite some time. The world doesn't feel ready yet. My resilience isn't at all-time low at the moment. I just don't want to look forward to something because it still feels like it can just be snatched away from you at any moment. It's going to be a little while before we try that again. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Tom Lyon. If you believe in women's media, if you believe in a purpose-driven media company like Mamma Mia, whose core purpose is to make the world a better place for women and girls, please consider subscribing to Mamma Mia. A portion of our profits goes to educating girls in some of the most vulnerable communities in the world through our charity partners. It costs as little as $5.75 a month. For more information, see the link in our show notes.